This time on the Magic Kitchen podcast, we're going to talk about energy and energy vampires. I'm Leander Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. If you're an empath like me and like Elise, you will run into um, what is typically thought of as an energy vampire. And just to quickly define what types of people these are, they and don't don't get me wrong, like the they the name vampire insinuates that they know that they're draining you or they know that they're somehow sinister but that's not always the case sometimes these people don't even realize that they are sucking you dry of all your energy they almost never and they oh yeah they're just they're just excited to be around you because your energy is so pleasant and inviting or they feel like they can talk to you and so an energy vampire what they will do is they kind of like latch on to you energetically and they want to either talk your ear off or they sometimes expect a little more from you than you're prepared to give them. Mm. Um, the, the real indication is when you walk away from a conversation or from being in the presence of a person for a period of time and you find yourself having a headache or you feel exhausted or you just you can't function, you feel drained of all your energy. Yeah. That's a good indication that you're in the presence of an energy vampire. Yeah, I have definitely encountered that since I was a kid where energy vampires will just unload on you. And it's almost always like strangers. Like I will never forget my very first job was at fast food. I worked at Arby's and I was in the back and the guy who was supposed to be showing me like how to, I don't know, do Arby's things was just like, (laughs) he was in the middle of explaining the fryer and he's like, like in the middle of it, he's like, and then you clean it by scraping this. My cousin died seven years last year. Like the same sentence. He goes through wow. this whole thing. Seven years this year. Well, it'll be seven years. And I feel like, I don't know why, but you're the only person I feel like I can tell that that's what I'm going through today. And he, he just, he just goes and goes and goes. And I remember like driving home that day. I was like in a senior year of high school. And I was like, I think this is my fate in life. I think I'm going to always be this person who is just something about my energy calls to people and they just want to yeah. to share and ask advice. And even yesterday, actually, I had an acquaintance message me and they were like, I just need to tell you, I had this person, they completely betrayed me. I was so shocked. And I was like, we haven't talked in a, a long time, but I, I'm the one who came to mind for them. We don't even live yep. in the same country anymore. So it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a blessing and a curse to be an empath. Empaths know that yeah. acutely. 
Mm. For sure. <laughs> and, and, and like I said, like they don't mean to drain you, but it, it happens. And so in this episode, what we want to talk about specifically is if you're an empath and you experience energy vampires that want to latch onto you and drain you of all your energy and dump their entire life story and all their burdens on you, there's things you can do to help manage that. So one of the classes I teach is your energy hygiene and keeping your energy in a, in a protected and managed state so that people can't latch onto you and take everything from you. And a lot of that comes from shielding. It comes from doing good protection rituals, maybe even wearing protection amulets, but also no learning to recognize where your energy resides and how far out it goes and learning to decipher your energy from someone else's energy. Cause I know as empaths, we tend to kind of muddy that water a little bit yeah. and we tend to take on the other person's energy, which is part of why we feel so drained when we encounter uh, these energy vampires. And I almost feel bad calling people energy vampires because they don't necessarily know that they're doing it. They're not intending to be malicious. They just, they connect with you. They realize that you have an understanding that they need and they need something from you at that point. But as an empath, you need to also know that you don't have to give them everything Yeah, and you need to learn to decipher your energy from their energy. So you know where to cut it off Yeah, and don't and feel to say, guilty okay, done about yeah, setting that. Don't boundary. feel guilty. Heck no, never feel guilty for that. That's your energy. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> You have you have every right to it. Nobody else has a right to your energy. So practicing good energy hygiene and um, other techniques is a very important thing to establish when you're an empath. So when you leave the house for the day, even before you leave the house, it's better to do this when you're in your calm, if you have a calm morning, your calm morning routine, mm -hmm. you should shield. You should always shield before going out, even if it's just to take out the trash, because you don't know who you'll meet along the way. And right. shielding your energy can, it looks different for everybody. I have a variety of shielding techniques I use in tandem or in turn, depending on the day. And Sometimes that's as simple as lighting a candle at your altar and envisioning the white light surrounding you like you're in the middle of a protective egg and that shield will stay with you throughout your day. So you can re-envision that as you're in the grocery checkout line and making sure that nobody is going to be coming up to you, talking to you. Or when you're sitting on public transportation, again, hoping nobody talks to you, <laughs> or it might just be something right. you wear around you when you're going to that business meeting. And you know that it's going to be a long mm. one and you don't want to be absorbing these auxiliary energies throughout it. Or you work in service and you don't want to absorb the, the energies of the people around you. Sometimes we use the chakras to envision the colors of different energies, working our way up from our root or down from our crown. Sometimes we ground ourselves in the earth. We envision ourselves outdoors in the woods or on a beach digging our toes into that land and 
grounding ourselves that way. So shielding your energy, grounding yourself before you go out into the world, no matter what that looks like, is really important to do every day. Empath or not. Yeah. And you mentioned the egg, and I think that's a very classic shielding and protecting technique is the egg. And you can structure that egg however you want. It's your energy egg. It's your bubble to sit in. So you can filter positive energy through that egg and through the shield that you create. So that only positive, you know, uplifting energy is permeated through where everything else kind of deflects out and moves away from you so that you're not experiencing it and absorbing it. And I think that's a very key thing to remember is that you don't have to absorb other people's energy. And again, this, I guess this goes back to learning the cutoff. Where's, where does your energy start and stop? And where does that other person's energy bump up against your energy and learning not to muddy those waters and that it takes practice. It takes a lot of um, insight and focus and really just instead of just going mindlessly through the day, wondering why you're drained all the time, (laughs) you know, maybe sit for a while. If you're in that meeting and you notice like, oh, all of a sudden, like I'm getting a headache. And that's for me, that's I can only speak from my experience. But for me, when I start feeling the drain, it it hits me in my third eye. I feel Mm -hmm. it right between my eyebrows. Yeah. And then it starts like fanning out to the rest of my head. So that's how that's a good indicator that I know that I'm being siphoned. Mm-hmm. And so I take that moment, that time to, okay, where is this coming from? Why am I allowing this to happen? You know, maybe you have to put that shield up initially so it stops, so you don't get a headache, a migraine. And then starting to discover, well, okay, who was speaking at that time when I started feeling that? Or who was speaking just before? Who's ne- Who's in the room next to me? Who, f- who start feeling other people's energy so you know how their energy feels compared to yours, and that's how we learn to manage the the energy fields that are all around us. And we're all electromagnetic, so we all bump yeah. up against each other. And yeah, it's it's one of those things that you have to practice. And as an empath, I highly recommend it, or else you're going to be miserable all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you might think I'm just a chronically tired person, but maybe you're not. Maybe you just work in an Mm -hmm. environment where you're constantly around other people, which is fine. You know, that might be a job you love, but you're going to love it a lot more if you're not tired all the time. And shielding is a really simple, easy, you don't need any tools technique to to ground. And you can also re-shield throughout the day. Um, One practice that's really good in it. It's not what it sounds like, but sun gazing. Don't look at the direct sun, but (laughs) (laughs) looking out at the clouds and the way the sun affects the sky. I mean, it's almost like cloud gazing or sky gazing, but looking at the sky and more the light. Yeah. Yeah. Like taking that light, that that vitamin D, like take the time to do that. That's oh, the vitamin D. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Touch a tree. Like no matter where you work, there's probably a tree in the parking lot. Just touch it. You don't have to hug it and look weird in front of your coworkers if you don't want. I would. But yeah. You don't have to. Just touch it. Just real quick. Just give it a little pat, a little, little high five. Hey, You'll feel better. Going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hate, even potted plants will do the same for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love in Greece. It's a tradition to have basil at the front of every home. 
And it's, oh, it's yeah. for yeah. like, you know, prosperity and wealth and, and mm-hmm. health. But I love to just brush my hand over the basil as I walk in. It doesn't hurt the plant yep. or anything. It just, and then your yep. hand kind of smells like basil and you just feel grounded. It's just it's a nice. quick, easy. Absolutely. Yeah. Look for a houseplant. Yeah. Well, and another thing you can do is carry stones with you. Mm-hmm. I have um, Stacy, our, our crystal woman here, crystal queen, as I call her. <laughs> she put together a sachet for me with several different pieces in it that help me engage with people because I, I can't do a whole lot of peopling. It take, takes me down fast and it'll take me down for a few days if I'm not guarded and protected and um well managed in my energy so 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 anybody out there who has ever like seen my social media i'm almost vacant on it and i don't really put myself out there because it gives me headaches to be around too many people to do too much peopling so stacy put together this bag for me that i carry in my pocket every time i'm here in the shop and we're busy that I will literally I will hold and I will rub in my hand because it's got, you know, like, um, you know, obsidian and, and those sort of crystals, all the crystals that are good for grounding and pulling energy away. And they help. They help tremendously. I, I mean, if it's a really rough day, I'll even disappear into the therapy office and lay down on the table and put that on my third eye to help alleviate any headaches that might be coming around. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a really great way to help. And I also used to wear <laughs> until it broke, which le- that really shows your my job what my oh. job was like. But yeah, <laughs> I used to wear a black tourmaline necklace to work yep. every day, and like it was night and day. And I remember one day I forgot it, and I was like at lunch, and I was like falling asleep trying to eat my lunch, which I love food. So oh, like, yeah. if I'm falling asleep eating, like that's how bad, <laughs> like that's how tired Oof. I was. And I was like, why is yeah. today dragging? I slept fine. I went to bed on time and I Mm-mm. touched my neck and I was like, I forgot my necklace. Yeah. So it's, it was helping. Yeah. I mean, black tourmaline, obsidian, onyx, they're really, really great yep. crystals for protection and shielding. And if you Absolutely. feel bad about that kind of like, you know, banishment energy that we think of with the black crystals, mm. you can go with a rose quartz, which helps you only attract. Yeah the love and the compassionate energies. Um, sometimes that can backfire because you might get people that are too like, I don't know if you're, if, if you're <laughs> not like, smother super you. people, yeah, exactly. It might be too much love for you, but, <laughs> but some days that's what you I need. love you so much. <laughs> yeah. Or herbs. You could put herbs and crystals in a little sachet, yes. carry that yep. around. Yeah. And and eating food will help too because you know potatoes and root vegetables, those are very grounding. So you can eat vegetables that will help you ground that energy and kind of it 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 helps you ref resurface and reframe what's going on. And um, and another thing is, you know, drink tea. I love tea, even though you yeah. don't think of tea as being very grounding. But if you drink like my witch's mind tea, that one is incredibly uplifting. And I even have an empath's tea, which also helps protect and deflect and helps you recover. So like certain blends like those will really help uplift your mood and help you, you know, smooth out the energy and balance things out. 
Another thing you can do, especially if you know that some of the unwanted energy is coming from your workplace or uh, maybe on public transportation every day, that's an inevitable problem for you. You can draw sigils on your backpack, on the inside of your planner that you take with you everywhere you go. You can trace them on your skin as you're sitting on the bus. You can draw them under your desk at work. Anywhere that you are going to be that you are concerned or put it on your keychain so it's with you everywhere, mm-hmm. um, yep. you can definitely use sigils that way. And sometimes people aren't sure how to make a sigil for themselves and they want to look up a sigil. Um, I, I think I've recommended it before, but Laura Tempest Zakharov's book, Sigil Witchery, is a great book for yep. example sigils, but also how to make your own sigils. So I highly, highly, highly yeah. recommend her book. And if you follow her on social media, she also has a lot of you know, individualized sigil posts that can be helpful. Cool. Yeah. And not just, you know, you can draw them with your finger, but you can also use eyeliner. That's an excellent way to draw a sigil on your body and in a place where nobody's going to see it like a temporary tattoo. You know, you just use some eyeliner and, you know, come up with your sigil or maybe you work with the runes. So you use a rune stone to help you manage or protect your energy. And you can draw that on your body, on your shoulder or on your hip or maybe even on the top of your foot or wherever, you know, you would like it to be where it wouldn't be so conspicuous and it won't be get broken. So you want to make sure that, you know, there's not something like a shoe rubbing up against it or anything like that. Like your ankle would be great, especially if you're just wearing loose socks. You can put it on your ankle or um, on the inside of your arm where your sleeve, you know covers that sort of thing so think of get creative really i mean you don't have to do it the way everyone else says you should do it get creative find a way that works for you yeah maybe you just take salt water and just you know draw a sigil on your hand with salt water yeah whatever works for you and i am greek so i wear an evil eye every single day i have an anklet that's permanent it's a cloth anklet and that's that's my evil eye protection And it's a really great, great protection to have. The evil eye is something used across the world in like every culture. So you don't have to worry about appropriation to use the evil eye. And what a lot of people do here is they do it on children, but adults will do it for themselves. They'll put it on the tags at the back of their shirt. So that way, when you're getting negative energy from behind you, like that's where most negative energy comes, uh, right? Behind our back. So right, right. that's a really good protection <laughs> as well. So it'll protect from that's clever. negative energies of all kinds. Very nice. I like that. This witch tip involves old wax. So after you've done a spell or a ritual and you have some leftover wax available, You can use this old wax in new spells and new rituals. What I like to do is I will take bigger chunks of the old wax and I'll either carve a word or a sigil into that piece of wax and I'll infuse it with my purpose. And then when I have a bonfire outside or in the fireplace, I will throw that piece of wax into the fire and release the spell to do its work.
So when we talk about the energy that we express and receive, we have to start thinking about the people in our lives, in our circle, in our presence that contribute to the energy we interpret and feel. And sometimes this can lead to a difficult situation because you might notice, especially when you start getting into looking at the energy that you're expressing and identifying your energy versus other people's energy and identifying those who are sucking the life out of you, literally or figuratively, you might find that these are people that are in your close circle and you didn't realize it before. And this is where you have to come to a tough decision. You know, do you keep these people in your life on a regular basis? Do you keep them at all? Or do you cut ties with those people to protect your energy and your sanity and your health and wellness? Mm. And I have definitely cut some people out of my life that I did not realize were sucking me dry and holding me back. And it was a hard decision to make. Now, sometimes they helped me make that decision by, you know, demanding too much of me or, um, or holding me to expectations that were unfair, that sort of thing. So again, it's going to come down to setting your own boundaries. And if somebody crosses that boundary, you have to hold that boundary. And that helps maintain your sense of wellness as well as it balances you and helps you live the life that you're trying to live. Because if you are surrounding yourself with people that are going to hold you back, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. Yeah. And so it's important to reevaluate that. Yeah. And we touched on this on setting magical boundaries and personal boundaries Mm -hmm. in season one, episode 14. And it, yeah. So if you want more insight and setting bound into setting boundaries, um, we highly recommend going back to that episode. Um, Yeah. But yeah, don't feel guilty for noticing bad energies and don't feel guilty for setting your own boundaries against those energies and the people that, and it's, it's, it's just a fact of most energy vampires that it's not just a one-time thing. Like that is kind of the person that they are. So yeah. Trust your instincts. And again, they, and your intuition on that. Yeah. And and sometimes these are people that you know and love and you don't want to eliminate them from your life. So maybe you just need to limit your interaction with them and know that when you're going into an interaction with them, that you really have to shield yourself to set those boundaries. You have to hold those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Limit the time spent, limit the the parameter of the interaction. Maybe don't host them at your house or, you know, host them in groups with other people that do uplift you. Yeah. But another tough love lesson I've learned from keeping energy vampires in my circle because I thought they needed it more. It always ends up backfiring on you and your creativity and your progress and your growth as a person. So it's, it's not selfishness, it's self-preservation and you have a right right to, to make those decisions because in the end you probably will be forced to make them anyway. So setting right. that boundary before right. it gets too in too deep with too much regret mm-hmm. and anger is always better. And, and keep in mind, as an empath, you're probably in a unique situation where the person that you're evaluating in your life 
might not be an energy vampire to someone else. They might only be the energy vampire to you because that's how your energy mingles and mixes and and works with each other. So it might be that they, you know, when they go off into other circles where you're not present, nobody else feels the way you do in their presence. And that's okay. It's just one of those unique situations where this person is draining you because of the dynamic that you hold together. Yeah. So you either need to change that dynamic or you need to limit your interaction with that person or eliminate it completely if that's the case. Yeah. And this is a place too where as a witch you can lean on your energy knowledge and your connection with yep. divinity to ask advice on those your things. ancestors yeah yeah do it do a tarot reading consult the ancestors meditate yeah. on it i think there's a lot of a lot to be said for for taking it in before reacting so absolutely you know if you get that intuition about somebody you don't have to turn around right then and, and decide what you're going to do, but you should, you should process hey, it. you and, out. Yeah. Like, I don't like your energy right now. Good vibes only. <laughs> you might feel that way, but it's okay to wait and decide. <laughs> you're off the island. <laughs> it's a great idea to have on your altar at least one piece of each of the elements representing each of the elements. And it's a great idea too, to find those pieces yourself. So next time you're out on a walk in nature, intentionally send out to the universe that you are hoping for some gifts for one or more of the elements. And when nature presents you with a safe and responsible piece of the elements to take home, like a dried leaf or a fallen stick or a pine cone, do so and give thanks for that offering from nature, keeping it on your altar as a reminder of the good times you spent with her. If you've enjoyed this episode and you're enjoying the podcast so far, we would love it if you could review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us know what we're doing right, where we could improve, and it helps other witches find us as well. You can email us with questions or requests at magickitchenpodcast at gmail.com. That's magic with a K. You can send us questions where we will hopefully be able to answer them on air in future episodes. Mary meet, Mary part, and, and Mary meet, meet again. again. Thank you for joining us on the Magic Kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com, for news, information, and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and SeekingNumina.com. That's Seeking, N-U-M-I-N-A. Join me as I immerse you in sacred meditations, ambience, ASMR, and history at spiritual sites around the world.